Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast are two blokes that have known each other forever, who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD to talk everything Essendon Football Club. My name is Grant, and with me is Scott. Hello, everyone. It's good to be back. Yes, you're not confused. It's going to be September soon, and Essendon will still be playing football. We'll have a game of footy in September. This is not... <laughs> this is not a test. This is not a test. This is actual. Not a drill. This is not a drill. This is actual finals <laughs> football for the Bombers. So, uh, look, exciting stuff. I've been actually pretty pumped all week. Uh, I know we lost to Collingwood, but oh, look, I think most reasonable people would say that given the six changes again like for the 12, third... 18 changes in three weeks or <laughs> yeah, something? something like that. Yeah, um, and, the, and the laid out with Hooker with Gastro. We uh, and then you got Hurley injured in the second quarter out for the game and uh, Francis. Yeah. So look, we actually competed really hard. Uh, the the better the better team on the park probably won in the end. If I'm being realistic, they yeah. probably were three four goal better side. Um, uh, but that's not to say Essendon Football Club didn't do everything possible to uh, to try and get the win and that's what I wanted we talked about that I wanted our approach to be of attacking the game and winning the game and being a rehearsal for finals and that's exactly what we did so I actually you know what I came away from the 11 point loss I think it was uh, not bad not bad I was actually quite calm I hate losing to Collingwood trust me more than anyone but I did have to think forward to the finals and go well, okay, we're in fairly... That was a fairly good game form-wise. We're moving the ball well. There was uh, little pockets of positivity. And then we bring in Happel, Fantasia, and um, Hooker, and... Hurls, uh, hopefully. Hurls, uh, hopefully, and um, Stringer, just, just quietly. Yeah, Fantasia, all those guys. So, yeah. yeah, so there's a lot of things to, to like. And if you consider we're playing at a ground that we actually play well against... Play, sorry, well at which is the Optus Stadium in Perth. We beat the Eagles there last year. We beat Freo there this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so our last three games there, I think we've won two out of the three. Uh, it's the same dimensions as the MCG. That's what they wanted to do. Yep. And we play those dimensions really well. So we go fly over there with some sort of a, a belief that we can really take it up to West Coast, who, I, I who are in not great form at all. Like they they've, they've, They should have been probably second in my book and they've just stumbled in the last month or so and they finished outside the top four and Hawthorne I thought um, was the perfect team for Essendon to view Eagles before a final because Clarkson sorted them out Beautifully, yeah. I, I, I bet you the boys. I bet you um, Wusher and that'll be watching that game very, very intently. He was tactically very, very good. He actually put um, Bergon on uh, McGovern to actually almost shut him out. Mm. So he actually uh, almost it was really like a tagging role, and, and it worked wonders. Yeah. Uh, so the, there's a lot of things that Essendon has a lot of videotape for a 10 to 11 day break yeah, to, to watch to really yeah. to really get things um yes sorted tactically uh and make us uh highly competitive i yeah. think with a fairly decent team going to be named yeah now we've got a uh, we've got a big show for you tonight we've got uh, our very special guest ronnie Lerner. um he'll be on today to talk what are we talking about ronnie with so Ronnie's going to come on. He's look. We we thought we'd obviously just talk about the year, uh, the home and away season, 
And, and then obviously we wanted Ronnie on to talk about the finals, uh, have his thoughts, um, and, and just see what he's see what's on his mind. He's always very opinionated. Absolutely. Uh, so we love it. So he's not going to hold back. No. Um, we know that. Uh, so look, this is for us just the introduction to the show before Ronnie comes on. We just thought we'd just have a brief, very brief overview of the of the Collingwood game, but yep. we're not going to harp on it too much because look, both sides went in with a lot of injuries. Yeah. I think both sides came out of it probably okay, like mentally. I think Essendon would have had a, quite a bit of self belief out of that game, and Collingwood just needed to win to try and get top four. So it was interesting because I um, just between us and the the listeners just between us and the thousands so of I, listening. yeah my work just called me up during the week and said you know uh, would you like to come to the Collingwood president's dinner before the, the game nice and I had to actually do you know I actually had to pause for a while I think for half a day because I was like do I want to sit and watch in the Collingwood president's Collingwood's president's and then uh, look if you know uh, if you know work, you go. Actually, I better do this because I could tell that you know it was a certain company and everything yeah. like that. So, yep. so yes, I'll, I'll show my support for yes, the for the, for the supplier. I and, like my job. Yeah, good. Yeah, and uh, and it was a really good night. But as I sit down uh, right next to me, uh, suddenly is David Evans, Paul Little, Xavier, Tanner, uh, and. And I must admit, I was wanting a microphone so bad. <laughs> I was like, you roving. know, when I had 30 questions. Yeah, in... roving Scotty. <laughs> I was like, oh, guys, can we just all sit down and have a chat, please? Yeah. We do this little thing called the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Can we just get all of you guys in a room? <laughs> Me and Grant want to fire about 116 questions at you. Yeah, because it really what it really represented almost a 2010 picture to now. Yeah, like, absolutely. You got them all the last four presidents. Wouldn't you just love uh, to chuck truth? Last three presidents, in the drink? sorry. Yeah, and um, and you obviously got the CEO as well. And it's like, but look, uh, I, I know people have a, a view on David Evans. I'm not going to go into the on the show, but I, I will say it was good to see them uh, getting along and, and um, uh, back at the club, back at the club, yeah. and, and um, look, I, I, everyone's got different views. I'm more one that you can't hold grudges for all your life, and um, uh, it was good to see Paul Little and 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 guys who had clashed previously, and yep, and Tanner, all, all, all having drinks and 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 um, and getting along, and uh, yeah, so it was a it was a interesting viewing right next to my table, it was literally meet to like two meters away. So I was and Eddie wasn't too far away from me. Yeah, yeah, well, he was sitting on the table as well. So yeah. yeah. Uh, I had so many Sarah jokes in my head uh, that wasn't funny, but um, <laughs> nice. Look, we'll go to a break because we need to get Ronnie Lerner on the line. Yeah, we do. Look, uh, just uh, quickly on the uh, just to wrap up quickly the Collingwood game. Uh, Connor McKenna, thirty-five possessions, fantastic game, standing, May- maybe one of the best for the club. Uh, I thought Darcy Parrish uh, was an absolute star. I'm absolutely thrilled with his progression. He is really coming on big time. Uh, to being an actual very big midfielder for us. So next year, I am definitely on the Darcy Parish. I hope train. he gets... Well, I don't know if he can form part of the first midfield rotation. Like, he's not going to beat Shield or Heppel, those guys. But I'll tell you what, I hope he gets good quality minutes next year. Because what are we what are we missing from Darcy? What were we missing from Darcy? 
like a bit of a step up yeah, from yeah. Darcy, and he's well and truly done that oh, this now year. He's, now he's done it big time. Yeah. So, look, I thought uh, I thought Waller was fantastic. I thought Sean McKernan, 12 marks, so many contested marks. I think I read somewhere that he's actually almost now second in the AFL for contested marks. So, His hands are incredible. Yeah, at the he's, he's having a really good season when he's played. So, uh, look, congratulations to Tom Jock. Uh, look, there's little moments of, of optimism there. He, you know, there's... He's definitely got the legs, and and there was, I thought there was some uh, good little moments where you saw something in a player, and that's all you look for in game one. Yep. I, I don't think anyone can be overly too critical of any kid, no matter how whatever they pick one or twenty in their very first game. So uh, he'll learn a heck of a lot from that. Congratulations! Great Jackie. to have that kind of game as you start another preseason because you you know the level. It's you, incentive. So it's it's great incentive, smart choice. There'll obviously be a lot of changes. Uh, yeah. Coming up, but overall, look, they're they're the kind of guys I just wanted to mention. It was a fairly good team effort. I thought our pressure was good. We led in tackles by ten. I thought we competed really hard. That's all I wanted. So we'll look. We'll go to a break. We'll get Ronnie on and talk to you very soon. And when you come out of a break with uh, from Metallica, uh, you have to then know that Ronnie Lerner's on the line. How are you going, Ronnie? Very well, thanks. How are we, fellas? Very, very good. Now, uh, I really wanted to have a chat to you. And, and look, first of all, I actually wanted to say a big thank you for your support for the whole year. Absolutely. No, no, worries. no worries, fellas. Pleasure. Uh, yeah, we've always got good comments um, uh, from our feedback. And, and I, think people, I think fans actually like to hear guys... That um, just sort of say what they like, they generally think, and say it forthright, and 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 I think uh, probably the the Ronnie Learners and the Ron Connellys and those sort of things. That I think most of the people really uh, gravitate to because you you know that exactly that's what they're thinking, and that's what you want to talk to as far as a as a journalist and football writer. No, so, no, I appreciate that. Yeah, no, well, that's a, I just call it as I see it, pretty much. And uh, if it's uh, I call it uh, if it's positive or negative, it's just the error of me calling how I see it. So if people think I'm clearly overly negative sometimes, it's just how <laughs> I see it. And I, 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 I generally don't get pulled up on all the times I'm positive, which is interesting. But anyway, yeah, fun, funny, yeah, funny that isn't it? It's a it's a, it's a rare commodity. Uh, to probably, have you probably get told to calm down. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. You can't yeah. win. <laughs> we absolutely appreciate it. So look. Uh, Look, I have to start the conversation because there's so much debate about the Essendon Football Club and where it's going. And, mm. and this year is a, 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 a strange year because of the, the frequency of changes relating to injuries. So with that in mind, in 2017, we, have 12, we finished with 12 wins, 106.5%. 2018, we finished with 12 wins... 105.1 percent. Uh, 2009, uh, with 19. the with the loss to Collingwood, we end up again with 12 wins at a percentage of 95.8. How much do I read in the the consistency of Essendon Football Club being around the 10th to 8th mark, and and then factoring in, I guess, the injuries this year. Yes, well, I mean, the way I see, it, I mean, I think I remember saying this on the podcast a few times. 
on this podcast. So I, I look at this list, this Epson list, I'm quite Pollyanna. I'm, I'm quite bullish about it. And um, I personally, it's, you know, listen, good achievement making the finals, but I do think they are underachieving with the list that they've got at the moment. Um, uh, finishing eighth, you know, with the the, the, the the huge recruiting spree that they've gone on. So so essentially, I mean, like, when they made that, when, when they brought in um, well, Stringer, uh, Saad and Smith uh, 12 months later, Shield, but the first, when they brought those th- three players in first, they, they, they are saying we are out to win a premiership. There's, n- there's no other way to interpret that. We're in the premiership window. That's what they're saying. So when you think it took them 45 rounds after that to qualify for a final series, it's a little bit concerning, I think, from from an Essendon perspective. I know they have had injuries this year. There's no doubt about that. And you know they fought manfully through that to to finish in the finals. But having said that, they're not the only team that's had injuries. You know what I mean? Like there's. A lot of teams out there, a lot of good teams have been smashed by injuries. I mean, I'm not saying Essen's as good as Richmond, but you only have to look at where Richmond's come from. Um, I mean, they were smashed probably more than any team this yeah. year with injuries. And, and look at them, they're now premiership favourites. I mean, and I'm, once Colin, again, Colin I'm not saying yes. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And and uh, and GWS, I know, um, you know, I'm and I'm not saying yeah, Collingwood. That's that's another another good example. And. I'm not saying Essendon's quite in the Richmond echelon just yet, <laughs> but I, I just I just think, you know, heading into this season, I thought Essendon really should be pushing for top four. Um, so, therefore, by my own um, expectations, I guess they have fallen a bit short. Um, still a good effort to make the finals, I guess. I mean, it means they're in the top half. The, you know, probably just a bit over the top half of the teams. But I just think that this, that there's so much talent on this list. And I've said this on this podcast many times. <clears throat> I just think um, I'm not sure finishing eighth is reflective of what what uh, the coaching staff has at their disposal, in my humble opinion. And that might be a reason why they brought in Blake Carousella, who is you know, widely credited for... You know, being the mastermind for Richmond's complete overhaul of their game plan in 2017, you know that the ball movement is an issue with Richmond, and he turned that around quite dramatically, as we saw. Yeah. Um. So, so I think, yeah, I, I, that's the way I see. It. I mean, that's the way I see. It. I, I'm. People will agree with me. People will disagree with me. That's, that's that's the beauty of the world we live in. You know. Um. Uh, yeah. Well, for my own personal opinion, I think, I think finishing eighth for the the the, the amount of talent on that list, then I. I I think this is the most talented list Essendon has had since the grand final years of earlier this millennium. That's just the way I see it. I think finishing eighth is just a little bit below what they should be aiming for. Agree. I would agree on that. But to a supplementary question on that one, is it is it the coaches or the players that is more to blame? Now, I, I, we can only say the players that were on the park, right? So... Danaher, we haven't had. Smith, we haven't had. Heppel for big mm. parts of it. And the injuries, everybody knows, right? But mm. where, where do we put the... I don't, I don't want to say blame, but where do we put the review at the end of the year? Where, where, where does it come out? That the players didn't perform well as, as well as they should or the coaching staff have got some work to do? Well, I mean, there's a combination of things. I mean, I think we've already seen Justin Crowe will no longer be there beyond this season. So I think... Um, you know, high performance is clearly an area that they've identified. And I think um, specifically the management of Joe Danaher for the second year in a row and Devin Smith, um, that will probably, that's probably two major reasons why they, they're looking for a bit of an overhaul. I just think the way that, that, that Joe Danaher, the Rolls Royce of the club, really the most important player on the list has been um, managed, you know, in the last couple of years, has just been catastrophic, really. I mean, yeah. He's the most important player on in that team, and, and he's just 
it's just been incredible to see how he's been managed. And Devin Smith, even the way he was managed, I just, I just, it raised my eyebrows to see how he kept on backing up game after game, despite you know the, the strong reports that he was suffering from um, knee soreness. And I think you know, I think both Dan Her and Smith played what four days after the North Melbourne game for the Anzac Day game, or five days. Yeah. Which is pretty, which is pretty surprising in hindsight, and I can't say I'm. She was pretty. It wasn't surprising. Um, a few weeks later, to hear that both players were done for the year, it just raises huge questions. And I think that may have been a reason why Justin Crow is no longer there. Um, I think that the, the game style is is predictable. Um, you see, I mean, you know, against the against the better teams, Essendon's game plan way too predictable. We saw the way they got dismantled by Richmond. We saw the way they got dismantled by Geelong, GWS. You know, who could forget that game? Um, you know, uh, they, they did push Collingwood a couple of times, and I must admit that that game last week was a very, very impressive performance, given all the players that they had out, and what Collingwood were playing for. I mean, you know, Collingwood were playing for top four spot, and the Bombers hit the lead in the last quarter. It was a pretty uh, brave effort, no question about that. Um, yeah. But, you know, other teams, you know, West Coast just completely, I mean, that, that was the that was the biggest five-goal loss I've ever seen a team suffer. If West Coast were kicking straight, that would have been 100 points easy. Yeah. Um, so against the bad teams, Essendon really do get found out. It's that predictable run-and-gun game style from the back. You know, Sard McKenna, you know, it's uh, the, 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 I guess the middle range to the lower teams find it hard to stop that. Uh, yeah. But the top teams, they have no drums at all. And... Um, I think I think they have to be a little bit more unpredictable. Uh, they need a few more, a few more plans up this sleeve. Plan B, Plan C. So I think if we if we were to say that run and gun style, which in its day can can work really well, but the the one thing I've seen is that ninety five percent of the time, Sadi and and McKenna and that they're running through the middle, they're breaking lines, they're doing all those good things that half modern halfbacks do. But we're looking up at a forward line that is shorter than the bloke I'm sitting opposite now, right? <laughs> and um, but would it be different if McKenna and, and Co were running through the field and had Danaher, McKernan, Stewart, uh, Brown, Brown, or a, combina- a combination thereof streaming out of inside 50? Would that make a massive difference? Because at the moment, I have never seen so many times in my life a ball dropped on top of Waller's head, who's <laughs> four foot nothing, and just... been happening all year. I know. And, and but <laughs> do we do we say to the players, they like, keep doing it because next year you're going to have Stuart and McKernan and, and a combination of him and Danaher and Brown and these guys mm. to kick to? But I mean, the, uh, you're probably right. But then that raises the question: Was surely you know they're not up there? So what are you doing? Like, yeah, and that, that's what, that's the other the part of my question. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, mean, I don't I, get I remember, it. I remember speaking to Hurls after the Hawthorne game um, down in the rooms, and um, just one comment he said that just still sticks with me. He said, "You know, because um, I did ask him about the fact you know how often Essen just bombs along with not real without any care," and and he said, um, he, he said, um, you know um, the, that. Teams, teams should let us do what we want. Um, we, you know, we're pretty much, we're almost guaranteed to win the game. Paraphrasing, I can't remember exactly what the quote was. Yeah. So Hawthorne let us win tonight. Let's do what we want. We won tonight. Well, then I thought to myself, well, I wasn't quick enough to ask the question, but later on I thought to myself, well, hey, if, what if teams don't let you do what you want? Then what? Yeah. <laughs> I think that that sums up uh, the Bombers in 2019. Really. Um, they, play they really B. do struggle. They do struggle. Uh, generally speaking, they do struggle when. You know, they, they they have to sort of, when their first, you know, when plan A gets picked apart, really. Yeah, look, uh, I'll go for the positive that, for that I see 
for Essendon this year. And there were plenty of positives. Yeah, don't worry. Don't yeah, get me yeah, yeah. And, and mine was probably Rutten's influence on the side. I I thought at, at some point of the year, not every trust me, not every game, but I'd say almost two thirds, close to two thirds of, of most games. I thought defensively as a team, we were the best we've been for a while. And I thought yeah. I thought Rutten's influence. Um, I can see as we go into the as we go into next year, uh, there'll be will be a really big positive. Yeah, and if you look at the you know the scores against Colm, um, you know take out that that Bulldogs horror show. Yeah. Um, the scores against Colm for most of the year has been has been impressive. Oh, oh there's no question. But um, but yeah, the, the, unfortunately sometimes just the Dons just don't. Um, while they they're good at stopping other teams, they have struggled to put a score on the board themselves um, but there's no doubt defensively and listen I mean uh, you know Essendon, Essendon supporters have been following the team long enough they know that Essendon's back line for the last 20 years has been the probably the most uh, the most reliable uh, part of the ground there's, there's yeah, huge, uh, I can't remember a time for a very long time where you sort of think oh you look at the back six and you're worried you know there's always it's always quite solid down there but, um, but it's just the other parts of the ground <laughs> that, yeah. we do, um, that, that the Dons do struggle to uh, get right and which again totally again makes Danaher such a such a miss for us or we, we miss him incredibly because if, if we've got that back line, even against Collingwood on the weekend, like they had 57 inside 50s or something and they only scored mm. 76 points. Mm. So, I mean, mm. the ball's getting in there, but it's just being rebounded out because of the good back line. I mean, what if we were to say for this year, what would you say would be improvements that the Bombers have made? Now, clearly, I, I, it's not sort of entries into forward 50 because... Apart from Smack, who's been in and out of the team, we've just got no one to kick to. Brownie tries hard, but he's never going to kick you five or six. Where, where have you seen improvements for the Bombers this year? And it might only be a small thing. No, I mean, there's a few things. Like, you know, that, that five-game winning streak, I mean, uh, I think they didn't they set a record for most wins in a row f- while okay. trailing the final quarter? I yeah. think that, that yeah. was... Yeah. So, you know, you need a bit of mental resilience and a bit of... Um, you know, fortitude and a bit of belief in yourself. I mean, that's a, that was a great sign. And if they can, you know, we we saw it only for a bit of a patch this year, which was that five, you know, mainly was that five-week period. I'm sure there are other games that, you know, oh, Antac Day was a great example. They didn't they didn't give up. Um, I'm sure there are other games that escaped me. But that in particular, that five-week block, and I know, uh, you know, yeah, that five-week block was really interesting for my yeah. opinion because they did win five games, but there was just there was so many. I'm sure you agree. There was just so many instances throughout those games <laughs> where you thought, "What is this team doing?" Like, yeah, and they, yeah. And they just kept on finding a way to win. So it was just a really weird. I think that sums up Essen. Like, I think I can't remember. I've been I've been watching Essen gee, since I was a six-year-old kid. I cannot remember a more unpredictable Essen team from week to week. What you're going to get? Uh, it's just incredible. Yeah. So so that's probably another um, yeah. another negative, I guess. But um, <laughs> I, I think I think the, yeah. The, yeah that 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 that, that that resilience and that 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 mental um, toughness that they showed in those five weeks, if that can be if that can be extrapolated to a, a larger portion of a season, hopefully next year, well that that, that you know that, that could be a, that could be really uh, one of those driving forces that does eventually see Essen pushing uh, to the top four. I think there's been uh, quite a few individuals uh, that have improved. I think Ambrose has gone to another level. I love that kid. 
Yeah, I think I think McGrath just keeps on keeping on. Uh, I think Parrish is definitely having his best year. Yep. Uh, Langford, I think his last thirteen scoring shots are goals. I think I think something I, I might be wrong, but I think that is a stat that I saw, which is pretty impressive. Um, Dylan Clark, the emergence of Dylan Clark. I think we, I think the Dons and he's re-signed for another couple of years, so I think uh, the Bombers have their first genuine tagger since Heath Hocking, which is a good thing, and I think he's he's going to be. Um, a very good player, and uh, they must be yeah. wrapped with Mason Redmond too. They must be so Mason, wrapped. The emergence of Redmond, of course. I mean, he's he's going to be a real sole player for a long time, you know. And, and seeing Gleeson get back onto the park, you know, yeah, I'm happy um, about that yeah. too. Yeah. And, and of course, my favourite Essendon player, Jake Stringer. How good how, he was! Just absolutely brilliant this year, and yeah. I think very unlucky not to get in that All Australian squad, in my opinion. He was. I'm the same because that... absolutely outstanding this year. He's just sent, he's been sensational every ever since he stepped into the club. But I think the difference between this year to last year is that he's a lot fitter, and I and I think you'll notice that from 2018 to 2019, he was in 2018 he was trying to take players on a lot like he always does, but he's getting caught this year. He hardly gets tackled. He's just a so strong and explosive. He's got a touch of the dusties. And such a freakish. Yeah, oh, some man. of the goals he's kicked this year have just been out of this world. I mean, there was a period. I think it was. It may have been even in that five-game winning streak. So, like almost every goal of his was just Hollywood. It was just unbelievable. He was just, he's a sensational player. And uh, and I think Saad got better again this year. I think he's, he could be a little bit stiffed up to be in the All-Australian squad as well. I reckon that's um, that would have been my number one pick from the Bombers. Saad, yeah. is, Saad at least in the 40. He should have been yeah. in the 40, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And who else? Uh, I'm, I'm missing out. Connor. I mean, Connor she, pulling she 35 quite... possessions against the, <laughs> against the Pies. Oh, McK- that's probably the best game he's ever played. I mean, I'm, I, I am a harsh critic of McKenna sometimes. But like Essendon, he's... He encapsulates Essendon the best. You just don't know what he's going to do when he's just streaming. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's just it's like you just got to cover your eyes. What's what? He's going at a million miles an hour. He doesn't. Know what's it could happen. be brilliant. It might not be. Yeah, but it all came together for him on Friday night. He was absolutely outstanding against the Magpies. A magnificent performance. And speaking of that guy, I think Tom Jock looks like a bit of a player. He looks I like he's got a did future. not look out of place. Didn't no, look out of place at all. He looks he looks like he could have a serious future ahead of him. So yeah. that was a that yeah. was a pleasant surprise. We, we spoke about in the opening segment. We just said that uh, Tom Jock, that it, you know, as much as you could see there was a bit of game one in him, if that, I think people sometimes forget how big an ordeal 85,000 game one is. And, yes. and, and, uh, and he had, you always just want to see little moments. And for me, for me, I was just like, oh, Okay, there's a moment. There, I'm glad, I'm happy with that. He hit that little run down the wing where he just took the guy on. I went, yeah. oh, okay, that's all I want to see. Thanks. That's a win that, yeah. every day. And, of and the that's, week how, there. that's how sometimes I view that in, in in a guy's first game. I I'm not too fussed if they don't start. I just if I just see something, I just see it's one player. The reason go, why oh. they were selected. Yeah. Well, what was the reason why they were selected? And yeah. you could tell from Jockey that those couple of little runs and the way mm. he used the ball that was that was yeah. the reason why he was selected. Yeah, I mean, uh, he looks. Yeah, he looks like he could be the that prototype sort of athletic uh, player. He looks. He, he looked. He looked. I mean, he, as you say, he wasn't. Um, he wasn't uh, perfect, but geez, there was enough to suggest geez, he could have something there. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Is it if you're a, a development coach, you yes. just you're licking your lips and you're going, yes. okay, you're Absolutely. going, okay, let's let's get serious with this kid. Yeah. So um, yeah, and yeah. and that's uh, and look if. I think Essendon's got a few of those kind of guys, and I'll be interested to see if they pick up this other Irish guy in the off season um, that they're kind of touting 
as the next McKenna. So it's a very interesting even off season for Essendon. So um, mm. uh, let's. So look, we make the finals, right? So we finish eighth. The the, <laughs> the AFL let us know and all and all their happiness that we're playing on Thursday night uh, next week. Makes it easy for everyone to get to. <laughs> yeah, on the other, on the other <laughs> side of the to, country. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thursday, so you basically have to take two days off work if you yeah. realistically if you look. Yeah. Can I suggest a weird, optimistic thought? Here we go. go. Here we go, Ronnie. When he says <laughs> stuff like this, I worry slightly. Um, <laughs> obviously, we're playing the reigning premier, so I do. I have my realistic hat on. Uh, so, but the but. dimensions of that ground being pretty much the MCG, I outside of the anomaly of the Eagles game this year, where I think there were several factors on why that game was that bad um beating the eagles there soundly last year beating frio there soundly this year looking pretty competent on a ground size that i think that really our game style suits it's <clears throat> not out of the realms of possibility no. that essendon can put in a very good show with the people on the park nothing is impossible no question and they're, they are a check they're a show they're definitely a show and i think those those two points you raise um, are valid. Like they don't have the worst record at Optus at all. Like they've uh, in, the the last history, three. Yeah. in the yeah in the history of the the ground, they've been pretty good there. The Bombers and uh, and another little omen. The last time West Coast hosted a final after making a grand final, what happened? Got smashed, did the they? Doggies. Ah, the doggies. Ah, the doggies. <laughs> and then then what happened? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I wasn't extrapolating that far. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, uh, listen, a- anything's possible. And West Coast haven't been in sparkling form outside of that game against Richmond when they were fantastic. I think they haven't been, you know, almost all year they haven't been out of second gear. Now, oh, you probably think so, well, they're just waiting to flick the switch, and they are a team that can flick the switch. Don't get me wrong. So, but a few of their players are a little bit out of form, and. Um, you know, Dons will probably get Heppel, Stringer, hopefully Fantasia back and Hooker hopefully back. Hurls. Yeah, Hooker, yeah. You hope Hurley stays in there. Um, it's, yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not impossible. No question. It, it's a lot, you know, it's a lot harder going over there. You'd think. Um, ordinarily, having said that, we do have a good, uh, you know, good record there, and um, you know, everyone probably thought. Essendon was playing Collingwood first week, but Hawthorne, <laughs> of course, while well, they do Essendon any favours. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> but to, look, so, in a weird way, though, they may still end up doing us a favour because of the way Clarkson coached against West Coast that was a bit of a blueprint. A bit, a bit like uh, with the movie Independence Day, you know, with the Morse code. They, yeah. yeah. They, 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 they nice. worked out how to bring him down. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, yeah, he... Yeah. Spread the message. He, <laughs> he, he had the he had the, the Burgoyne on McGovern. He had certain tactics of shutting key yep. guys down. It, yep. it, it's at least a video blueprint of, a, yes. of probably the best coach in the AFL but, but going, yeah. this is how I think we can beat this side. Yeah, but do you know what, Scotty? I'd love to think... That Wusher was that flexible, mate. I'd love to <laughs> mm. think he was that flexible to chuck yes. uh, Waller yeah. on McGovern or something like that. Just to... having having said that, I think he's improved over the credit, year. I've been critical of. I think he's been a little in the second half. He's been a little bit more flexible than he was in the first half. The I mean, yeah, I agree. Yeah. example, yeah. chucking Ambrose on Fife was a uh, who would have thought that was going to happen? But that worked pretty well. Yep. Yeah. Um, a few weeks ago, so that's just one example that comes to mind. And he's been, he's, I think, I mean, you know, obviously with the help of a few of his assistants, but he's been willing to try a bit more. 
it was very rigid in that first half of the year, which, you know, probably, I mean, yeah, probably cost, uh, early on cost us in the top four spot. It was just uh, that, as everyone saw, that game plan just kept on repeating and repeating. Everyone knew what was going to happen, and it happened, and it was just very frustrating. But um, second half of the year, I think he relaxed a bit more and was open to more ideas, and who knows what can happen. And, and listen, it's... There's no tomorrow this week. This week. Yeah, so yeah. if you're going to throw caution to the wind, you might as well do it this week. Absolutely. No, yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. Now, yeah. where where do we think? Is it just a, a battle of the, the controlling the mids to win this game, Ronnie? Or where do you think the Bombers... What do the Bombers need to do to win this game? And I mean, I know it's it starts in the middle. You've got to get the possessions, all that sort of stuff. But maybe it's we've got to stop Kennedy or we've got to stop Darling or something. But where do you think the Bombers really need to concentrate on to win the game? Well, um, well, last time they just got absolutely smashed in the midfield, so that's definitely one area that has to be amended this time around. They, they got uh, what was the the inside fifty count was something just outrageous. Uh, from the from memory, I don't know if I'm one hundred percent right. I think the difference may have even been something like fifty. Was it plus fifty to West Coast that's inside fifties? Insane. They I just got doubt it. Yeah, they got absolutely smashed. So. Um, that is one area that they definitely have to fix up. No question about that. Kennedy hasn't been in great form, but you can't rely on that because we know he's capable of putting in a hell yeah. of a performance. So I think um, if Hurley can, um, can can be right, that would be really good. But, you know, Ambrose and Hooker aren't exactly the slouches. And uh, so, so for, for Darling, uh, I think that... that where Eston and Mike get cut up is their their small forwards. I, I think you know Sard's very good and McKenna's very good, but um, defensively, I think Sard's probably the only the, the really sound one. Um, yeah, you know, you got yeah. obviously you got Gleeson and Redmond. I just think that you know the guys guys like um, Rioli and, and Ryan, um, these sorts of guys. Uh, uh, you know, they could they could be dangerous, but um, that's probably you know one area there. But uh, yeah, uh, up forward, um, and uh, you know, their defenders. Obviously, I, th- I think I think um, tagging McGovern isn't the worst idea at all. I think it's been it's happened a few times this year with the fact. So, yeah, I agree that that, that might be something um, that uh, the Brains Trust will uh, will consider for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I guess the forward line, if we have Sean available, Sean McKernan available, Brown. And Brown Dog. Mm. Do we... Because I'm thinking about it. Just at the beginning of the game. Do we put Hooker down there early for a target and see if it works? Um, I wouldn't, no. No? Because... No, I, think, I think Hooker works best as a switch later on in the game. I don't... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's the way I see it. Um, and don't forget... And I think Fantasia should be right as well. Not that he's a key forward, but she adds... If he can stay fit, he adds a bit of um, he adds a bit of uh, obviously uh, unpredictability to that forward line, a bit of a bit of um, brilliance. Brilliance. Um, uh, yeah, no, I, I wouldn't start Hooker forward, and uh, I think okay. I think Hooker, Hooker Ambrose Francis is a pretty good little trifecta down back, um, and then you throw in obviously Redmond, Gleeson, McKenna, um, Saad. Uh, it just—it's uh, the—it's the shining light in the bombers at the moment. Like it, when it, I think when the the team that we had in the back line last week was literally the best side we could put in the back line. That's mm, that's every mm, name that we've got available mm, in the best back line at Essendon. And, and that's it, without hooker. And yeah, and that's without hooker. Sorry, I tell a lie. That's without hooker. Yeah. So I think mm. it just shows that 
I don't know, I, I, I sit there and I think, oh, do we chuck him forward? Because, wow, what if he grabbed a few early in the first quarter and maybe gave us two goals or three goals or something like that? It'd be a really good springboard. And then because Johnny's a bit more, um, Johnny Worsfold's a bit more flexible nowadays, if uh, one of those, <laughs> he, he says through gritted teeth, um, if one of those two big units in the West Coast forward line starts to get on top of somebody, you can always flick him back down there. But I think I'll, I'll, I'll take your, your advice on that one in that start him back, put him in the place where he's comfy and make it an area of the ground that you don't have to worry so much about. Can I, can yeah. I, can I Ronnie, just uh, add a thought that I had today is I cannot find a matchup for Francis because Ambrose has played the midfield and then he played forward the Collingwood and he only went back because of the Hurley injury. We are playing eight backmen um, at the moment and the and the way to get around that was Ambrose was flexible around the ground. But I think Ambrose will come back with with Hooker. And, yeah. if, and if Hurley plays, I actually can't see a direct matchup with with Redmond and Gleeson. Uh, I kind of see a, a Francis a little bit on, on the outer. I don't know what mm. your thoughts I, on that because no, chuck him yeah, up forward. No, there's another one. Yeah, I it's mean Francis not... to me, he, he was thrown up four early. So he just didn't look. He looked like a duck out of the water to me. Yeah, um, true. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. No, that's a good point you raise, and, and you know you throw Stringer and Fantasia up forward. Uh, I think that's probably enough. You know, with Kern yeah. and Brown, I, I think to add a hooker there as well. Like Stringer can play tall. Like he's, you know, he can take a big mark, and he's quite strong for his size, as we know. Um, so I think I don't think hooker up four is that necessary if Stringer obviously comes back too. Um, but yeah, down back there could be some selection issues for sure. Um, yeah, I, you know, it'll be interesting no matchups. Doubt. Yeah, and, and look, yeah. obviously if Hurley doesn't play, then it's a no-brainer, right? So we all yes, know what's going to yes. happen. But uh, yeah. if Hurley does play and knowing Hurl's nature, I can reckon he'll try and convince everyone that he should. Mm. Uh, it's an interesting... I, I just thought, you know, I, I'm putting all the names on paper and thinking Ambrose will come back. I just cannot see where he fits in the side and what then what mm. happens if maybe a Braden Ham does get an extra game, you know, in that kind of... Mm. Uh, he was a surprise, mm. by the way. He looked good too. He definitely looked good. Yep, he, I was very get, impressed with him. Didn't get very many possessions, but... He looks quick. A couple quick. of goals, yeah. Yeah, yeah a no, couple of goals. He looks yep. quick. And I'll tell you nope. what, I was, I was a bit sort of critical of him a few weeks ago, getting a game, mm. considering mm. he's um, considering he's only young and I'm not quite sure he's done the required amount of yards yet to get a game. But mm. Mm, I don't know. I'm just no, Shut up, Grant, mm. I think, because that was... <laughs> he, looked, um, he looked pretty quick and gave us a couple. Yep. So if he keeps Agreed. stuff like that up, I'm very happy. So, yep. so look, we're as we wrap it up, we're giving you the... Uh, the Call of the Year Award, where, where <laughs> on your first podcast with us, you said, just look out for Brisbane Lions. Uh, wow. they're, com- they're coming. And and underneath, you know, we, we high-fived and chuckled to each other going with, you know, this guy's loopy. <laughs> and <laughs> No, we didn't really. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but it's a fantastic call. And look, the Brisbane Lions, sometimes with footy, I know – Everyone has bias to their teams, but I I still love ga- I, I love the game, and, and I love footy, and I reckon that's one of the great stories I've, I've seen in a long time. To be honest, for them to finish second and get a home especially final, especially for Chris Fagan, and where they've come from, like yeah, especially like what five wins last year, and it's insane. You know, even the do- I mean the doggy story was was great, but the year before they did they did play in an elimination final, and yeah. Uh, 
So, no, it's, it is an extraordinary story. And, you know, people thought that, we, you know, people are even questioning whether the, the, the future of the Lions, really, which yeah. would have been another kick in the pants for the Fitzroy fans. But, um, uh, no, nah, great story, great story. And, and, and the Gabba is going to be absolutely pumping down that first line, no doubt. And, uh, yeah, I did see in those first couple of JLT games, I thought, well, geez, hang on, this team could be, could be something here. I didn't expect them to do as well yeah. as they did, but yeah, they were... Very, very impressive. Imagine if you said at the start of the year and you said, okay, the Brisbane Lions and the Melbourne Demons, one's going to finish with 16 wins, one's going to finish with five wins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who does it? Very true. It's, it's very a, true. It's, it's a, as much as Brisbane Lions has been a spectacular story, boy, on if you're a Melbourne Demons fan, you must be a little bit on the devastated side that you've won Big five games. Time. Big time. Uh, yeah. And... and yeah. And without, you know, they, they haven't had the injuries of the teams we've been speaking about. It's, no. Oh, I mean, like... No, they've no, had injuries. No, yeah. they, they have had, they've had pretty serious injuries, but that, that does not excuse a five-win season. Uh, that, not with the talent, know, yeah. You can have injuries, but see, some of their efforts have been just really poor this year. Their skill execution, decision-making. They've, they've been in so many winnable positions so many times, and have lost so many times after that. So, really, injuries, they have had injuries. But geez, they they should have they should have won close to ten games this year. They threw yeah. so many games away this year; it was just extraordinary. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with them next year for sure. Okay, as we say goodbye, your tip for the two teams playoff in the grand final? Oh, good question. I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna still, yeah, I'm gonna still stick with Richmond and West Coast. I think. Wow. Okay. I think. Um, oh well, actually no, because then West Coast. No, because then they'll play in a prelim, won't they? Yeah. Well, they could be. I think they're on the same side of the. They're on the same side, aren't they? No, so that's probably unlikely, isn't it? So it can't be Richmond West Coast. Um, I I said Richmond Collingwood myself. I think Collingwood are going to go up a level. Oh, hey, well, no, then what am I talking about? It's two v three, isn't it? So Richmond, no, Richmond West Coast. Yeah, Richmond West Coast. Sorry, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. No, they're an opposite side. So I just got myself confused there. No, I'm sticking with Richmond West Coast. Richmond West Coast. Okay. Oh, I won't ask you who you think is going to win out of Essendon West Coast. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's unfortunate. But I think that's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. common sense. The coasters get a double chance out, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> they'll, lose, they'll lose this week and then they'll come back next week against whoever, whoever the hell that they play, but it won't be us. <laughs> well, yeah. I think yeah, I think the Tigers win the flag, so there you go. Well, yeah. Thanks again, Ronnie. You've been a great support this year. Um, uh, we can't thank you enough. Um, yeah, from both myself, Scott, and Grant. Absolutely, Ronnie. We really appreciate yeah. um, all the all the input you've given us this year. The fans, and again, the fans give us heaps of feedback. Um, and again, it's some of it isn't very shy <laughs> feedback. And um, that's what it's all about. absolutely direct and to the point. And um, yeah. without without question, the, the feedback for you whenever we have you on um, is excellent. So we really appreciate you taking the time. Um, and uh, giving it to this little pokey podcast. We've got your box of favourites, but we just ate them, so sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, so <laughs> next next time we see you, we'll give you a half-eaten box of favourites. That's, that's all the budget we've got you, you... here with the lunchtime catch-up. <laughs> no worries, fellas. <laughs> all right, thanks again, Roddy, and uh, all, all the best, mate, and uh, good riding in the finals, and we look forward to all the footyology stuff. But, and, yeah, before you do that, where, where, before we go, we should have said, where can we find you, Roddy? So, um, you can find me in the pages of The Age and online at The Age uh, Sport and Real Footy and uh, also at Footyology. Um, also do a bit for AAP as well. And you can find me on social media at Ronnie Lerner, R-O-N-N-Y-L-E-R-N-E-R. And that's on Twitter. Beautiful. 
Thank you. No again. worries, fellas. Thanks for your time. Have Thanks a great night, mate. You too, Sam. Yeah. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now then, a massive thank you to Ronnie Luna um, for coming on the show this year. He's been great. Um, he's a great bloke. And the feedback we get from you guys is that you love listening to him. He brings um, excellent knowledge to the podcast. Um, so we really appreciate that. Thank you very much, Ronnie. Um, just a quick note about our sponsor. The sponsor here of the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is the Mantra Hotel in Tullamarine. Uh, the Mantra is located at number two Trade Park in Tullamarine, um, right next to the hangar. It is a great joint. Um, the Mantra Tullamarine has uh, given us a promo code for the lunchtime catch-up listeners. If you go into book some accommodation at the Mantra in Tullamarine and you enter lunchtime catch-up, one word, uh, all lowercase, lunchtime catch-up, you get 10% off. 10% off any of the rooms, subject to availability. Uh, but also, have a think about, next time you're at the hangar, have a think about going across over to the uh, the Mantra Tullamarine there, to the Woodlands Restaurant. The Woodlands Restaurant have this incredible burger that you should try. The Woodlands Burger, very tasty, can recommend. So a massive thank you to Jason McGowan and the team down there at the Mantra. Get down there if you want to grab a night's accommodation. Exactly. Now, how can you catch us on the socials too? Mate, you can get us on the Facebook page, Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, the Facebook, um, on Twitter, it's the, what is it? Lunch Catch-Up. Lunch Catch-Up. We've only said that 107 times. It's the Lunch Catch-Up. We couldn't get the Lunchtime Catch-Up, so it's the Lunch Catch-Up. said that 87 times. All right, well, the 87 times. Um, we're on Insta as well, the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. You can grab Scotty at Scooter McNeese on Twitter. You can. Uh, and our show is obviously always on Spotify. And all those, all those lovely... All the Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, the whole nine yards. Now, we've got some a little bit of exciting stuff coming up. We wanted to make the finals, uh, uh, I guess, extra special, being an Essendon AFL podcast. Yep. We're going to do two shows uh, this week. Yeah. So we've got another show coming out later in the week. Uh, and th- that may have some guests from the Windy Hill Windsock. Yeah, Thursday we've got um, we've had a bit of a chat to the to the boys from the Windy the Hill solution. Windsock. Solution. So from the solution, I've been catching up with the solution a few times for coffees and lunches, and really cool guy. And we just thought it'd be fun if, if one or two of the guys came onto the show and we just have a show together. We don't know who's going to exactly come on. It might be just a solution, but yeah. Uh, but it'll be so much fun anyway. And uh, and we look really. We love embracing other fans and other shows, and we're not really too precious about our own show, to be blunt. No, to be quite Because no one gets any money out of it. No, so, exactly right. Uh, so uh, and even if with the Patreon site, all it is is basically... It's uh, coming to the, to the new PC. To Absolutely. Yes. So, yeah, Thursday night, we're going to have a chat to the boys from the Windy Hill Windsock. Um, we'll also be doing our Patreon, um, our exclusive show for our Patreons. So if you're yeah. part of the Patreon team, um, we'll be doing our standard Thursday um, uh, yeah. podcast for you guys as well. Um, anybody else that's not on the Patreon site, go and check it out. We do an exclusive podcast every Thursday, um, Team Selection, or in this particular case, it won't be Team Selection. It'll just be a, uh, a bit of a fun podcast with the guys on Patreon. Um, and then, yeah, we'll be doing the Windy Hill Windsock guys on Thursday. And then I've got a bit of a tease for you, Scotty. Ooh, a tease. A bit of a tease. Um, we might be doing another podcast not long after that. 
um, very much with a very much VFL finals focus. Oh, okay. um, I've got a bit of a story. Well, we, we always get asked to do more VFL content. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about what you're going absolutely. To I, I had a bit of a catalyst happen for the VFL show on the weekend. Um, I think. Do we tease it or do I say who it is? Well, I'm hearing a uh, religious figure will be joining the show. Absolutely, a big fat man. Uh, what? <laughs> who are you talking about? It's man? in a lot of it's in a lot of uh, gardens. Dude, I, have no idea. I have no idea who you're talking about. Little Buddhas around the garden. Oh, oh man, that's just some tenuous. That's that tenuous. is a long bow, dude. <laughs> and then we just go with. I'm sitting there on the weekend, right? <laughs> that was so bad. Playing around on the weekend, looking through Instagram, and there's uh, Heath Hocking. Heath Hocking's page, uh, Budsy, puts up on there. Don't know if anybody knows, but Heath has a bit of a side uh, hustle. Um, where he bakes some, I can assure you, very tasty bread, um, baked by Heath. So if you look up Insta at, at baked by Heath, um, that's all bread that um, that Heath Hocking's baking um, and selling. And he put out a message on Insta that um, he had one loaf left, and if you're in the Essendon area, um, to message him and he'll he'll get it to you. So here I am thinking, yeah, no, that that'll that'll get snapped up pretty quick. So I send him a message and go, mate, massive Bombers fan. I'd be keen for that loaf of bread, mostly just to meet him. Um, 15 minutes later, I get a message going, what's your address? I'll come and drop it off at your house. So there I am in my tracky deck. Just having loaf of bread with, just, with Hocking. That's it, mate. So I, I mean, 30 minutes later, he knocks on my front door and there's Heath Hocking um, saying, here's your loaf of bread. Now, <laughs> that very, sounds weird, that whole That story. is extremely strange, right? So me being the sly entrepreneur that I am, just mentioned, hey, Heath, uh, doing anything next week, mate? We'd love to get you on the podcast. And Heath Hocking has said yes. So we're going to get Heath on. We don't quite know when that podcast is going to come out just at the moment. But we're going to book a time with Heath. And uh, we're going to get an interview from Heath on the VFL Yeah, um, how team. the VFL's gone this year. Yeah, how they've gone this year. and How what some of the boys doing. are coming along, developing. Yeah. That'd be great insight, actually. Absolutely. He's, I can imagine he's a pretty blunt, honest guy, too. So uh, Yeah, uh, he straight to the point. Um, fellow Eastern Suburbs boys. Um, so, yeah, we're going to have Heath Hocking on the show. We are a massive um, fan of his. And uh, really looking forward to that, too. So um, keep an ear out. We'll, um, we'll let you know when that podcast is up and running. Um, but I think we're uh, I think we're done, Scotty. What do you reckon? I think we're done. Uh, I'm going to get a bit early after the tragedy of the 1:30 a.m. last night of the cricket. Oh, man. I need to go it's to bed earlier tonight, so I'm. That is killing me. So uh, yes, and I've been a bit crook most of the day, so I'm now just trying oh. to just trying to get some sleep and get and uh, yes. Way to way to way to end the podcast on a high note. This <laughs> yes. Nice yes. Nice yes. but anyway, yes. But anywho, all right, guys. Yeah, uh, look, I'm. I'm I must admit, though, I am absolutely pumped for the boys being in the finals. I'm really, really looking forward to next Thursday. I don't know why I have this no, weird faint of promise. I'm the same, man. And I think it's the reason why my friends in that I look at this and go, uh, <laughs> we're playing West Coast in West Coast. This is going to be a problem, right? But I'm looking going, ooh, we've got that little faint hint of the back line and hurls and hooker and... Mate, if we can, if they we can, can all just, turn us, yeah, if they yeah. can just pinch a couple of early goals to get some momentum. Look what we did with Collingwood. Yeah. We hung around, and like Ronnie said in the in the podcast, um, our mental I and mean, put the dogs game aside, but our ability to stay in games and fight our way back into it 
Mm. I'll tell you what, that's still there. So it was I'm, nice I'm to hear. Really yeah, it was forward. nice to hear Happel today saying his foot's been the best it's been for a while. Yeah. Uh, so that's some really positive signs. He's still got obviously another ten days. So uh, yeah, I'll be looking forward to that. Look, I'll say this a lot of times that we desperately need Fantasia to have a place. I pray, please. Oh, man. Pluck one of your games that you know you can do uh, out of the out of, out of yeah. the uh, Fantasias, and uh, just we just need everyone on the park. Like Absolutely. that's it. If everyone on the park shows up and is really, then we've got a big shot. I, Absolutely. I, I've always believed in our talent. I just felt like there's other obstacles, whether it's been injuries or uh, and just or the inconsistent inc- inconsistency yeah. approaches to games. Uh. It's more been our downfall, not our talent. All right, um, we'll wrap it up. But I just wanted to say also before we left a <laughs> a, a weird f- shout out, a weird shout out, and that is to and geez, I hope they listen to this. That is to the Lunchtime Podcast. Now, no affiliation, not the Lunchtime Catch Up Podcast, just the Lunchtime Podcast. Go and check him out if you can. Especially check him out on SoundCloud because unless we miss our guests, the Lunchtime Podcast Catch Up. Uh, oh, and I said that is the it- Lunchtime Podcast is based in Antarctica. Now, we've had Israeli citizens listening to Essendon podcasts in their ambulances. Yes. And we've had people from Kazakhstan send us messages going, we love you over here in Kazakhstan. But Antarctica is a really hilarious get. So a massive g'day to the lunchtime podcast guys that have just followed us on SoundCloud. Nah, yeah, exactly. We Every, every week we see you get a list of all the countries that people are listening and and you like Laos People's Republic you know, the, La- the People's Republic of Laos for there in the Golden Triangle Sri Lanka, Brazil Greece, Singapore Croatia, Hong Kong Bosnia Philippines Tonga Canada Thailand Tonga. Denmark this is just in the last week yeah, I know it's and you're insane like, this is Canada, United States UK it's just thank you to all our international thank you listeners all, yeah but also thanks to our listeners that are uh, that are in Melbourne as well. You guys uh, have been brilliant. It's been an incredible season, um, to, and we've had just the the amount of fun that you reckon that we have here when, when we're laughing and stuff. Scotty and I love doing this every week, and uh, it's an absolute cack for us. And we we pretty much do it for you guys. So um, we've absolutely loved having you guys listen to us all year too. Yep, I couldn't agree more. Uh, so thanks, guys. Uh, We'll see you on the show later on this week. With yeah, the... tune in on Thursday because we got a, it'll be a funny one. It'll be um, Thursday or Friday, just letting you know. It just depends on the editing. <laughs> <laughs> it just depends on the editing and our jobs and all that sort and, of stuff. Yeah, so. I'm selling my house at the moment, so there's a few obstacles I'm Yeah, roger that. So, <laughs> all right, guys, thank you very much for listening. We will uh, talk to you guys soon. Thanks, guys. Bye.